you know, not until I was at probably after our freshman college, I felt more comfortable making the lower stops, but the up highs, I can kind of, that's where I, I would play a little mind games with the shooters. I'll, you know, squat down and leave it up top and then I'll just explode to the ball and make a nice save and then talk a little trash to him a little bit at the end. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon. And this is a show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, it's really simple. We just interview any goalie, any coach, any trainer, anybody who can share their story with us that hopefully makes you a better lacrosse goalie. Hopefully you learn a thing or two from each episode that you can use and incorporate into your own lacrosse goalie game. And I know you're going to learn a thing or two on this episode because we are talking with Coach Blake Lattimore from Montreat College out of the NAIA. Blake, Coach Blake was a goalie himself and now works with the goalies along with coaching. And you're going to learn a lot in this episode. Interesting to hear stories of folks coaching and playing in the NAIA, which is very different obviously from the NCAA, but very different from me and what I've followed as well. So it's awesome to hear stories of lacrosse and how it's growing um, in different areas. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Coach Blake Lattimore. Before we begin this episode, I want to tell you about a really awesome training opportunity for your youth lacrosse goalie. It's called the College Goalie Training Packs, and let me tell you a little about it. So last season, the NCAA allowed college athletes to sign sponsorship deals, and it was really a game changer for college athletes as they could now uh, make money using their name, image, and likeness, something they call NIL. And so, of course, this season, I've signed 17 goalies, 17. We've got eight on the men's side, nine on the women's side, and each of these college goalies is putting together a really amazing virtual coaching experience for your youth lacrosse goalie. So how cool is that, that your youth goalie could get mentoring and direct coaching from their college heroes? This is exactly what I wanted when I was learning this position. So each goalie, like I said, putting together a training pack, and it's going to have things like an instructional video series. So this is them out at the field teaching us drills, tips, uh, showing us techniques, things that they use in their game. It's going to have a virtual coaching webinar. So they've put together you know, one hour presentation uh, that you'll be invited to on a different topic of the lacrosse goalie position. It's going to have a live Q&A. So your young goalie can show up live and ask these goalies questions face to face. It's going to have save breakdowns. So I sit down with the college goalie and we watch plays from their college games and talk through them. Awesome learning tool. And finally, you get access to direct message or to email these college goalies. So you can establish a little bit of a relationship um, and get a little bit of mentoring, okay? So each of the college goalies 
training pack is going to be priced at under 60 bucks, under 60 bucks, which is insanely cheap if you ask me for all that training. Um, and if you want to get the girls packs or you want to get all of the boys packs or even the entire bundle, uh, we've got some fat discounts for that as well. The coolest part of all of this is because of the NIL deal, we're partners in this. So the money's going to go directly to these starving college kids. Well, I don't know if they're starving. I guess they feed the D1 athletes, but you get the idea. You, your, your youth lacrosse goalie gets the training. These college goalies have put in a ton of work on this training. I've seen the, the product and it is amazing. Your youth goalie gets the help. They get financially rewarded. It's really a win-win. To learn more, go to laxgoalierat.com slash N-I-L. That's laxgoalierat.com slash N-I-L. You can see all the goalies I've signed. You can see more details about what specifically comes in the pack. I'm super excited about this. The virtual coaching sessions, they're going to start the last week of September. So if you're liking this opportunity, jump on it before then. laxgoalierat.com slash N-I-L. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show, Coach Blake Lattimore, Montreat College out of the NAIA, coming out of North Carolina. Coach, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. I should have mentioned in that intro, not only that, a, a lax goalie rat fan. Use the videos and stuff to train and, and continue to yes, do sir. so, yeah? Yes, sir, I did. My last two years of college, that's when a lot of your videos started coming out on my YouTube page. I uh, started diving in a little bit more into the training and, and the drills and stuff. And, you know, it's really, and even like the, the incoming freshman goalies, our coach really didn't spend too much time because I only have one coach here. Um, so I really took time to train the goalies as I was a goalie myself my senior year. So that was really a fun thing for me to do. And that's why I got into coaching right away. Love it. You mentioned in our little uh, intro chat there that you started goalie your freshman year. Do you remember the very first save, very first time you jumped in there? Uh, yeah, I actually did. So I was a baseball guy growing up. Um, I did not know anything about lacrosse until my freshman year of high school. My school, that was the first year for my school to have its program. And then uh, I didn't make the baseball team. My buddies were playing lacrosse. They're like, hey, uh, hey, come be a goalie for us. And I was like, okay. Uh, I, was, I was a catcher. So I was, used, I was used to a fastball coming at me anyway. And then, yeah, my first my first time in a goal, I went, only led in seven. I, I still took a loss seven and three, but I, I totally remember that first time stepping in goal, the feeling I got, you know, it's just like be, being a catcher in baseball in the exact same way, the exact same feeling a little bit. Um, and it's a total uh, adrenaline and rush that you get when you make that first save and get that clear started. Yeah. How is it similar to being a catcher for you? Cause I think there's, I think there's similarities, but I think there's also yeah. tremendous amount of difference. So I'm curious, you know, when you say, you know, being a catcher kind of helped prepare me for being a lacrosse goalie. What were the similarities there for you? So the main similarity is the hand-eye coordination and the reading of the ball, the tracking of the ball. That's one thing I picked up very early as a younger goalie. I didn't know too much about the steps because I really didn't have a goalie coach until my sophomore year. Um, and then so I was basically just learning as I was going. But I, was, I had great hand-eye or hand coordination to the ball. And so that was really one thing that kind of separated myself as I got older. And I were, my hand speed was was more evident shown. And then my feet, my feet finally developed, you know, by the time I was a junior in high school. Yeah. Now, are you are you a righty or a lefty goalie? I'm a righty. So you're a righty. 
did you do you play it because you know catching you're going with your left yeah. hand right yeah you know? so so it was weird so like my off hand it, it always felt like every time I went to my left side it was more faster than it was going to my right yeah, yeah I guess that's just because you know catching the ball in the left hand and then throwing with your right but, but my offhand saves I can honestly say that they felt quicker than my stick side and my uh offside you know as my offside was faster yeah one of the differences you know in in just sticking on that topic of comparing catchers versus lacrosse goalies. And you're right. Like the tracking, the hand-eye coordination, I think those things are tremendous and tremendously valuable. And just like getting used to a high high velocity projectile being fired at you, all tremendously valuable. But one of the things that's very different is like as a catcher, you know, what's coming. Yeah. You know, to, to some extent, right? Like I might call an outside fastball and maybe it comes inside, but at least I know like, a fastball is coming. Like sometimes yeah. as lacrosse goalies, like you don't know what's coming, right? You don't know where it's no, going to be. No. And so there's a, there's a tremendous amount of like, you know, more reading and reacting, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And then as I got older, I finally picked up more and hit be like, Hey, this is totally different than catcher. But now finally, whereas my shooters, but yeah, I can kind of tell by the shot, by the way they're holding their sticks when they were releasing it of where it could possibly go. And it was more just a, a read and reaction uh, at that point. Yeah. I kind of equate it to like, if we're going to talk about baseball, to me, it's kind of like a third baseman playing in for a butt yeah. and, a, and a line drive being hit right. Oh yeah. Oh, being oh yeah. Hit totally. right, at him, right. Cause that's kind of what, that's kind of what it is. You don't know where it's going to be. You don't know what's no. going to be at you and you just have to, you know, be ready for it. And so in many ways, like the way you see infielders prepare um, for a grounder is what I tell lacrosse goalies to do like this little, little hop and yeah. get ready. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That is one thing I that I incorporated in my senior year is that the hop to get ready. I was a big Galloway fan growing up while watching yeah. the YouTube videos off of that. And, you know, I was watching his training videos and I would see he would do this little, not too much of a hop. It's just like a, a reset almost to get your balance right back. Yeah. And then I, I would just do that right away. And that's what helped me going into uh, going into college. Nice. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of that. And like so many goalies DM me and they say, Hey, I have this problem. And like, so many of those problems like are addressed by the hop. It is yeah. something I also learned from Galloway and I've talked about it um, with him <clears throat> quite a bit. And it's just amazing. I think it's like the future of the position, if you ask me. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how did you then, you know, North Carolina, I don't know what the lacrosse scene is like there. Um, I know you guys got some great accents. I, I love, I love that North Carolina <laughs> accent, but, but, you know, how did you go about uh, then learning the position? Oh yeah, so actually, I am, I'm a native of South Carolina. I grew up in Spartanburg. Oh um, man, is that like is that like the rival? Did I just did I just? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so like yeah, so a little bit in my story. I I, I grew up in South Carolina uh, in a small town in Bowling Springs. Uh, we went uh, then got lacrosse my freshman year, and then by the time I was I was a senior, I committed to a D two school down in Georgia, Emmanuel College. Uh, I played uh, two years down there, and then I had a buddy that was up here at Montreat. I knew very well they were losing some goalies because they were transferring out. And then he's like, hey, mate, uh, he's like, can you come help us, help us out? I was like, yes, yeah, a little bit closer to home. Um, and, you know, I just went up here and fell in love with the scene. You know, our campus is actually on a mountain, so it's very yeah. cool. And then our field is in between three mountain valleys. So it creates like cr uh, crazy pictures in early mornings and sunsets and all this. I uh, fell in love with the scene. And I, I can honestly say now growing more you know obviously team 91 in charlotte has become a huge uh training aspect for younger kids especially i had a couple of guys that i helped coach 
on my high school team this past season that actually played for Team 91 in Charlotte, and they would drive up to there, you know, twice or three times a week to go play up there, and they play mainly in the tournaments on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so Charlotte has become more and more, uh, more and more lacrosse populated. Mm-hmm. Um, South Carolina is growing. It was mainly just a lower coast sport. Is very that is like the uh, quote unquote the Alabama of the state of South Carolina, you know, in football in terms, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they're very ahead of the game than it was like for the upstate half towards North Carolina. You know, our school was evident, you know, my first year, uh, you know, uh, we were getting in my freshman year of college and then as a senior, finally making it to that one step going, going to the playoffs. And then, you know, luckily this past year, uh, my old high school team that I helped coach in the spring, they made it to the second round. We finally beat our rivals for the first time ever. So, you know, it was a great scene. So it's getting up there, so yeah. to speak, slowly because, you know, the Carolina, or especially South Carolina, it was so late getting lacrosse. And then finally, you know, it's getting bigger and better now. Yeah, love it. Um, so you you picked it up your freshman year of high school, yeah? And and um, then you end up playing D2, which is, you know, in college, which is impressive. <laughs> you know, uh, like yes, what – what do you, what do you think, you know, was there, was there coaches along the way? Like, you know, to what do you credit that? Uh, the, the main, the main coach I, I really credit to is my sophomore year. I had a coach, uh, coach Joseph Fiorucci. He's a, he's a Long Island, New Yorker, but he was on the East coast because he started out at the university of Tampa where he started for one year and then he transferred to Presbyterian and that was the year at Presbyterian college, college in South Carolina. And then they canceled the program for the men's team that year. So he was there only or just in the area and, you know, he wanted to become a lacrosse coach. So he started coaching me that year, all, fall, spring, summer for two years, two years in a row. So that's really the main guy I credit to the nice. actual developing me because he taught me everything uh, from juggling, one hand juggling, you know, the correct steps, uh, how to throw the correct passes. Our favorite drill was uh, we had a old, uh, tractor tire next to our football field our practice field and so we would just throw the try to get the ball inside the tire and keep it to stay so that was the one drill we did the best nice love it that's awesome um cool so he he showed you the ropes he showed you the stance positioning all that all that good stuff um yeah awesome what about you know when you think about you yourself just starting out as a lacrosse goalie what you know what were some of the hardships that you went through that had that you had to overcome some of the problems so one of the hardships is that, you know, since you're the goalie, you get the credit, but you also get the, the critics at the end, you know, especially if you, uh, you know, you let in a bunch of goals. Like I'm, I remember my first varsity game ever, I got destroyed by a team that had a, had a program for the last 10 years, like 22 to six. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That was the main goal. I had to get over pretty quickly, uh, especially with being a younger team, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to take the, you're going to have a lot of close games that you probably should have won. And you're going to have games that, you know, the teams are just way better than you, um, you know, so you just have to keep, you know, keep your head up, keep doing, keep doing the fundamentals. As my coach would say, keep doing it every single day. Then eventually everything will start progressing. And then, you know, you know, you could have it. And then also just ignore the haters. That's the, that's the biggest thing is that people will, you know, people will always try to talk bad about you, you know, if you do wrong, but then they also be the first ones to say, Hey, you know, you made 20 saves a game you know, great job, this and that, and, and whatever the case is. Yeah. That's probably a, a very common feeling for, um, you know, especially for youth goalies. 
is that, you know, you lose by one and there's a feeling of like, man, that's, that was all my fault. Like I blew it for the team. And maybe there's a youth goalie driving home from a game right now, listening to this in the car, um, you know, who's feeling like that to what do you say, you know, what, what would you say to that goalie? Hey man, you know, every single goalie has probably been through the exact same thing you've been through. Pro goalies go through it. D1 goalies go through it. You know, it, it just takes it's a quick reset, as my coach would say. You know, you get, you know, 24 hours or eight hours, you know, eight hours, you know, once you go to bed, you know, let it all out. And the next day at practice, you know, you go right back to the basics, keep doing what you're doing and you yeah. continue on, man. You know, it's, it's always a fight with a goalie. Because, uh, you know, especially if you lose that, you know, especially uh, overtime losses, they, they hurt the worst because I've experienced two or three of them in college. And you know? it's just like you don't want to go through it. So, you know, it just makes you makes you have a better edge, so to speak, because you don't want don't want that feeling to happen again. Yeah. One of the tips that I learned in the goalie summits that I do, one of the sessions um, was, you know, whenever you do have a bad game or whenever you do feel like that, like get back out there and take shots or hit the wall or, or, or juggle for 10 minutes or, or just do something right. Like the idea being you then don't have to simmer with that bad feeling for, for the next, like for, for days on end, maybe your next game or your next practice is three days away. And so now as a youth, I'm just like thinking about this horrible game that I had for three days instead, go back out there, get some shots. And now like the, the last feeling in my head is, all right, I just, I just worked hard for an hour. Uh, um, yes, right. sir. My main my main thing was, especially in college, was that if I had a bad game and the gym was always open, I was like, hey, I'll go in the gym, yeah, go work go out gym, for an yeah. hour or two. I was like, get my anger out, so to speak. And then that night, don't even think about it anymore. Go do homework or go play the video games, so to speak. Yeah. Just, yep. just be a kid again. Totally. Totally. Love it. Um, Blake, how do you describe, you know, the way you, this, your style of, of goalie play? A lot of different ways to play. Um, how would you describe the way you play? So I am very – I keep a low squatted stance. Um, that's one thing my uh, my, uh, my goalie coach taught me very, very early on is that I felt more powerful the lower I got. I guess that's just being from a catcher um, perspective. The lower I got, the better I felt. And I felt more powerful in my steps that way. And so I already had the hand-eye speed, uh, the hand-eye coordination to the ball just from tra- – uh, and then reading the, the shot, so to speak. And then once I developed the steps, I remember one, the entire summer going into, uh, I think, the freshman year of college, I did, I focused on my steps the entire summer. I would go out there in the blazing heat of the day at 2 o'clock in, in the state of South Carolina, which it would be like 100 degrees by then. I would just go out there, work on my – do my footwork, do that all summer, and that's what helped me uh, going into the college level. And, you know, that's one thing that now uh, I get praised for it, you know, because I've helped uh, the girls girly for our college team when I was a senior in high school, it was our first time ever being in goal. And then she turned out to be an all-conference goalie that, that year. And I worked with her the entire year. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was a really great feeling to see that, you know, what my, my struggles were and that I corrected them. She, I corrected hers pretty quickly because uh, she was just an athlete. And, you know, she picked it up right away. And some some goalies have that, and then some goalies have to develop it over time. What um, – do you, talking about the squat, yeah. Like I – um. Are you pretty tall, tall dude? No, I'm only five nine. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I was going to say that a lot of times that doesn't work for the shorter goalies. Cause it leaves, you know, just leaves yeah. a lot of the, of the goal exposed. I'm five, eight. So like I, I played with, you know, more, more of a narrow base and, mm-hmm. and not so much in a squat, um, mm-hmm. still knees bent, like still athletic, yeah. but, uh, interesting, 
interesting that you you then you know it, it just goes to show that a lot of different ways to play the position and give it a try like if you feel more yeah. powerful if you feel like you can cover more of the cage in that athletic deep squat do it uh, oh yeah because i started out i i started out testing many different stances starting out as a jv going i was just standing straight up you know knees slightly bent slightly athletic and then i was like okay maybe i go into more of a squat and then eventually by my junior year, I was practically almost parallel in a full squat already and get, getting ready to explode to the ball. Cause I knew up top, I was pretty, I was already pretty decent at already just with my hand eye speed or my hand eye coordination as well. I was just from, uh, you know, obviously the baseball background. And then once right. the lower stuff, the lower stops, you know, I had to develop, develop those more into, you know, not until I was at probably after our freshman college, I felt more comfortable making the lower stops, but the up highs, I can kind of, that's where I, I would play a little mind games with the shooters. I'll, you know, squat down and leave it up top, and then I'll just explode to the ball and make a nice save and then talk a little trash to him a little bit at the end. <laughs> what, what, what would you say? Where, where were some of the good good Blake Lattimore lines? Uh, you know, a couple of them, uh, some of them, you know, I had a roommate my senior year in high school. Uh, he was actually our, one of our top attackmen on the right side, on the right side. So luckily for him, you know, he was also my roommate too. So he had to hear, you know, going back to the room as well. Um, but I'll always tell him, you know, he would, he's sometimes crease crank it on purpose. I was like, <laughs> Hey, shoot it, shoot, shoot it harder next time. It might go in the goal or, or something like that. I see, you know, little, little things like that, but it was all, right. I, I had a fun, fun, fun and love of the game. Uh, but I'll also, you know, talking trash has its own consequences, especially when they score and they give it right back. So you just gotta, you know, shrug it off a little bit and, you know, just all have fun at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 If you are going to uh, dish it out, <clears throat> better be prepared to take it. And some yes. goalies are not, are not prepared to take it. So it definitely goes both ways. And I think for the majority of goalies, my recommendation is just keep your, keep your mouth shut and focus on the game. But for some goalies, it really does like fire them up. Um, I've had, yeah. I've had Doc Doherty on the podcast and he was a big trash talker. I've had, you know, a couple other couple other goalies on who kind of, you know, it's part of their personality. It's part of their game. It gets them fired up. And if that's you, great. If, and, but always keep it, you know, clean and keep it respectful, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, that was, that was my main thing. I always, you know, I was, I was just make like simple jokes. Too. Yeah. I, I, I just simple jokes crack them. They'll crack a laugh in the middle of press when that happens. And sometimes it'll be, be like, Hey, you need to step up your game a little bit more as an attackman and score on me next time. And so it, it was just a little, just, just a little bit, you know, a little bit of fun. But my main – my favorite goalie growing up, especially you know, as I got older into my senior year, was Jack Kelly uh, from Brown. And so I would, you know, I would hear him, you know, how he would scream. And you know, I, I could hear him on the TV watching him play in the quarterfinals against Maryland. And, you, know, you know, that was his famous game. He had a sweat all way, on his sweatpants and all that. And so, you know, I learned – that was my main goalie focusing on as a high schooler going into college was – especially his stance, me and him kind of had a similar stance mm. uh, back then. And then, so it's like, okay, we have more similarities. And plus, you know, we're, we're not two of the tallest goalies and not two of the, in the skinniest, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigger goalie. I'm 230 pounds. So I, I also move pretty well. So. Yeah. Um, there was a, another question I was going to ask based on something you said. Oh, it was the footwork. You mentioned going yes, out sir. and like spending so much time on the footwork because your hands were already pretty fast. And, you know, from the, from your, from your past sports experiences, what exactly did you do to get your footwork better? So I had a ladder. That was my main, uh, like a agility ladder. I did that. I would do, uh, about, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes of ladder drills. 
And then I w- my favorite drill that my goalie coach taught me was the five ball arc around the crease. Um, you set up five cones and you just have to step and get to the ball and get your positioning right in the cage. And so to speak, that was my, that was my main two going up or growing into, you know, as a going into my freshman year of college. And then I, you know, as I got older and especially once I got here to Montreal, my, or my coach then he taught me a little uh, kind of like a hockey goalie drill that the hockey goalies use and it's just getting fast in a six by six, but it's a lot of lateral movements you start in the center of the goal, and it's pretty much just like you know, just doing like a uh, like a five ten five, so to speak. But you're doing it in a six by six goal, but you're touching the each post each time going down. Let me see if I follow. So you're you're set up in your stance middle, and you just you're like you're you're going yes. down and touching touching the the ground like a cone on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to speak, you yeah. put your hand down to your cone, and you're just going back and forth, back and forth, yeah. and I would just do that co- constantly. So that's you know, and then especially my senior year, I, you know, once COVID, I would play during COVID. My COVID season happened, you know, but then our season got cut short. And then I went up to like 270 pounds uh, during COVID. So I was like, hey, I need to drop some weight. So I spent all summer in long sleeve shirts and, hood, uh, you know, hoodies and all that stuff, uh, breaking down to, you know, I got down to about 220, 230. Um, and then, and then my footwork, you know, it got right back, it got faster than what it was. And, my senior year was my break, uh, kind of my breakout year, so to speak. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, that just brought back uh, flashbacks to me. I was a high school yeah. wrestler, um, yeah. so like you know, I'd go for runs in the in the in the sweatsuits and be spit, yes, be spitting in a Gatorade bottle and all. That. <laughs> anyway, um, love it, love it. So yeah, Jack Kelly, awesome goalie. I mean, that's so. Um, I love his story too of fighting back from an injury yes, and like, I mean three couple surgeries and yeah, but, but he definitely has like an unorthodox stance. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, you don't see many goalies play that way, but you found success, uh, you know, with that, with that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Definitely. No, I took time. I really, uh, the mental game of lacrosse, like the film studies and all that, I took very pride in that going into like as a junior in high school. So when I would be watching him play, I would break it down to like, you know, the slowest speed is, possible so I could see how he was stepping and, and you know the angles he was taking that was kind of what we did similar nice love it yeah well and he's a great guy awesome guy oh, had, okay. had him on the podcast he's just I mean he, he loves the sport and it's just awesome guy so yes sir uh, yeah love it uh so, so senior year was the breakout year uh, I mean did you have any ambitions of playing college lacrosse before that or, or was it like you had a little bit of you know some success that year and then all right maybe you know let me let me see who's interested or how did the college recruiting go for you so after my sophomore year you know that was the first year uh, in high school uh that was the first year that we had varsity so you know I got bumped at the varsity the next year especially yeah. being you know being a 10th grader and luckily for me you know things kind of went well for me during the season I went like 56 percent and there for the state, uh, that was that was uh, the all region uh, awards came out. I was on that list and all that stuff. And I kept that for the next two or two or three years. And then uh, so, you know, by the time I was a junior, I really didn't play too much summer ball. You know, as it, you know, eventually my junior year, I was like, hey, I'm focused strictly on lacrosse all year long. I did fall, spring, summer, my summer. I played with a uh, travel team that was uh, located in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, we traveled, you know, to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, 
Asheville, North Carolina, and then we went up to Baltimore, Maryland, and played against uh, the teams up there, uh, which was a, gr- a great experience for me, especially going into my senior year, seeing the different levels of shooters. And then, you know, especially up there, you know, those guys are born with sticks in their hands practically. So uh, that was great. That was a great experience for me. And then I would honestly say when I became going into my junior year, that's when I started taking it more seriously, started looking at colleges more. I started looking at the D2 schools around here. Um, and, and luckily for me, you know, I got the D2 offer from Emmanuel uh, when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, goalies ask me like, you know, Hey, I'm a freshman in, in high school and is it too late? Um, and, and my answer to that is always, it depends. I mean, too late for what, right? Like what, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? Is it, is it too late to, to get a D1 full ride? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. Is it too late to have a great college experience or, or, or is it too late to have fun and play? No, absolutely not. Um, and for you, like it was definitely not too late. Right. I mean, uh, yes, sir. especially, as, especially for goalies, I feel like goalies more than any other position, like once you find the confidence, like once you get it figured out up here, like we, mm-hmm. our growth is more exponential than others. Uh, yes, sir. Definitely. That was the, when I finally, no, I, when it finally clicked for me, it's like, hey, I can do this now. I had the confidence right there, you know, right in front of me. And, you know, it was producing on, on you know, on a gamely basis, you know, going out every single game, you know, making, you know, saving, saving on half your shots. And, you know, my goalie coach always said, is that you, you need at least, you know, for the ones that you know that they should make, try to save at least, you know, 30 to 40% of those, especially like right on the crease or so to speak. And that's where I kind of made a living at is right on the crease. I, I was big on the doorstep stave. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I, uh, on the outside shots from deeper, I would kind of misread it because I was still younger in that in that, uh, that area. So I would kind of misjudge it or misjudge the projected area of the shot. So, but on like in close, I was just better up top because I was able to read it better, so to speak. Uh, and then obviously now, you know, uh, Jack Kincannon is the, like one of the best at the doorstep staves. He is. Yeah. He's amazing at those. I gotta, yes. I gotta, I gotta interview that guy about the door set saves, but until that moment, we got, we got Blake Lattimore. Who's, who's great at inside saves. You know, how do you get good at it? What, what, you know, if there's a young goalie who struggles with the inside saves, what, you know, what would you, what would you say? Uh, the main thing is just getting used to the guys being that close and shooting on you. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that was the, you know, that was one thing that, you know, I wasn't used to, especially as a, you know, picking up the sport for the first, I wasn't used to someone standing you know, not even a couple yards in front of me shooting the ball. Uh, and then eventually I was able to, as I got older and, you know, going up in the, the higher ranks, so to speak, I would just, I would take up, I would, since I was a bigger goalie, I would take up most of the goal, but I would come out and I would increase my angle just a little bit. Yeah. And it would kind of mess with their heads just a little bit. And then next thing you know, I was able to read a shot and be there just in time. And most of the times it was either a body save you know, taking it off the shoulders or a kick save, so to speak. And that's where, you know, uh, I kind of made my living. I just taking the eating eat the shot, so to speak. I'm much rather take a bruise than letting the goal. So this, you know, as a goalie would say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's a save. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm trying to think about, you know, what I did and um, especially, you know, playing at the youth level. I think that one thing you have to realize is when attacker you're reading the situation, like a yeah. lot of times attackers will catch the ball and like, I've, I've watched so much tape and you just know, like based on the situation, they have to shoot. No fakes yeah. are going to be involved. There's no time. Right. Yeah. Or, or you're just going to catch and shoot. And so like, 
then being in the right position, like, and maybe that does mean you take a step out to like cut down the angle because if they catch the ball and they turn right and you're deep yeah. on the, on the goal line, guess what? They see the entire goal. Whereas I, mm-hmm. at that point I do need to come out and make myself appear a little bit bigger. And then, so that's one thing is just that pre-shot positioning. And then the second thing is, you know, just go like read their body yeah. language and go. Um, and beat them to the spot. And so that's kind of the tips I would give for the, for the youth. Oh yeah. De- oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. When you increase that angle, it takes up more of the goal. And that was one thing my coach taught me very young was a, Hey, you know, they have more of an advantage on a pre shot. So you need to do your, the most you can to take away that advantage, uh, take away that advantage, you know, increase your angle, take it not, not too huge of too huge of a step, but, you know, increase it just enough to where, you know, you're limiting their chances uh, before they get there. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll see what, we'll see what King Cannon says about it. Those, <laughs> those seem like pretty good tips. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Well, it gets, it gets more interesting at the, at the PLL level because the shooters are so, are so advanced, you know, like they can just do these little, like turn the shoulders one way and shoot back the other way and say, or, uh, you know, totally drop your body and then shoot up high. So like the shooters get more advanced and, and as a result, the goalies need to evolve, but at the youth level, like, you don't, you know, you don't get PLL type finishes. <laughs> uh, no, sir. Yeah. No, sir. You don't. You just gotta. You just gotta be able to read the sh- read and react. Uh, read and that's all you got. Yeah, love it. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about Emmanuel College and what your experience was like when you get there. You know, does your goalie game change at all? Oh uh, yeah. So you know, going into my freshman year, you're reporting there in August, and you know, since it's being a small, or smaller Christian college uh, in Georgia. You start, uh, and especially that school for some reason it started a couple of weeks er- earlier than some colleges did. We started like mm-hmm. the first week of August, so like within a week you're starting up fall ball. So you kind of get a jump on everything. So you kind of have like a not even a couple of days to kind of prepare for it. So just like that summer leading into that year, I honestly I just took shot as many shots as possible. You know, I would have my high school buddies come down and shoot on me, and honestly, the more shots you see as a goalie, the better the better you get. And, you know, just taking as many reps as possible to live reps because you can't beat that. Um, you can simulate it as kind of as best as possible with the steps, but that live action is kind of what uh, separates you, you know, leading into as a freshman goalkeeper. And luckily for me, I had a senior there before me. Um, and, you know, we had another freshman that I was buddies with. So we kind of, you know, we learned from him the, the things he went through there, uh, you know, because he was a starter all four years. That school was very small. Um, so he was there all four years and then they went through a, a new coach. The coach uh, left, took all the players. He stayed. So we talked to him, you know, he kind of set the example for us younger goalies. And, you know, it, it was a great, it was a great experience. I just, you know, towards the end of my sophomore year, I was, I was kind of, you know, I went through some injuries. I had an injury my sophomore year. I had some nerve damage in my leg and I was mm. not unable to feel it. And so I had to have surgery on it. Um, so I went through that and luckily for me, I came back about mid spring and started back playing or started back playing. Um, and then, uh, I was just like, Hey, you know, this isn't right for me. I'm not feeling great here. I talked to the coach about it. He's like, you know, if, if you're not feeling like you were, you know, hundred percent all the way in, um, all this, you know, you need to take time to think about it. I talked to my parents and, you know, and during that time, my buddy from my tree hit me up and explained this opportunity for me. You know, I was really loving from you know what I hear. I had a new joy, so to speak. Um, and then so I talked to the coach. I was like, hey, you know, I wanted to transfer. You know, I hated leaving because that coach, you know, he brought me in. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to you know, do, do him wrong, so to speak, but he understood it fully. I totally respect Coach Burt over at e- Emmanuel, and uh, I love what, they're, what the program he's building now. You know, they have a great uh, – you know, they're growing. Uh, they had my freshman class, we, you know, at Emmanuel, we brought in, I think it was 14 or 15 freshmen, and about half of those were starters um, their freshman year. So, you know, we're very young, so, you know, as, you know, young, as younger teams progress, you know, by the time they're seniors, you know, it's like, okay, they're picking up everything, the game of the foot, uh, the game plans and all that. So they got a great program, uh, continuing to grow. And then when I transferred to Montreal, I can honestly say with it being in the NAI in a, in a, in our conference, we have the six-time defending national champion, Reinhardt, and then, like, mm-hmm. number two, Kaiser, uh, Cumberland, which was a top-five school. And then last year we had about two or three more teams, uh, Weber, Tennessee, Wesleyan, and, and St. Andrews, they were all competing for, to be in the top 10 or top 15, so to speak. So, you know, you're playing, playing great competition. And I can honestly say that the level of play didn't vary too much. Minus, you know, like playing against yeah. like some of the top schools of the D2s. And, you know, I guess like Limestone, Belmont Abbey, uh, Lenore Ryan, all of them. I can honestly say like those I can kind of compare to like the Reinhardt, Kaiser, Cumberlands, and the NAIA. Yeah, love it, man. I want to talk about um, – transferring because there's, you know, there's a lot of old school guys, you know, who like myself, who don't get it. Um, you know, they're of the mentality that you made a decision, like you committed to that school, you stay at that school. What has become more commonplace in the, in the game today is like a lot of transfers. You see a lot of transfers. Um, at what point do you think you, you have to make that decision of like, this school is not, is not the one for me, like versus like, you're obviously going to have challenges. Every every, uh-huh. every goalie is going to go through challenges. At what point do you you know make the decision like, all right, I'm going to stay here and fight through those challenges, or you know what, like transferring is probably a better option. If that if that question makes sense. Oh yeah, yes, sir, totally. And then so like the main thing that I, that was happening to me is just, I just I wasn't happy there. The last you know the last spring season I was at Emmanuel, I just wasn't happy. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, some my grades were sort of slipping just a little, uh, not too much in a sense, but, you know, it was not enough to where, you know, it affected me transferring. Um, but, you know, it, I just took a decline, so to speak. You know, on the outside, I was looking fine, but on the inside, I, I just – I wasn't there mentally and mm-hmm. all that. So, I was just like, you know, I talked to my parents about it, you know, just about every day transferring. Um, and then once I finally made that decision, you know, it broke my heart uh, to tell the coach that. Um, and then, but he totally understood where I was coming from. He's like, he kind of tell, you know, the pain in my voice, you know, and then when I made a decision and when I transferred and then I kind of, when I found my new joy here at Montreal, those guys accepted me right away. They understood what my situation was and, you know, they just embraced me with open arms. And, you know, I love those guys to death. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very good one, right? If you're just not enjoying the sport anymore, um, that takes some soul searching, right? Because I think yeah. sometimes like, you know, you, you can, it's so easy to say, oh, I'm going to be happier at this other, at this other place. And then you go like, oh, once I get, once I get this, then I'll, then I'll be happy. Yeah. Right. And then you get that and you're like, no, right. That wasn't it. No. <laughs> you know, it, no. it was all in here. So I think that does take a real, uh, a real good amount of soul searching, but it sounds like, you know, the situation you ended up in at Montreal, you, you did your homework right before before pulling the trigger and it, and it totally worked out for you yeah yeah uh, yeah yes sir definitely you know coming in you know my buddy sam you know he got he got me here quote unquote recruiting me so to speak 
I know, and I'm glad I made a, made a decision at the end of the day because you know, I said immediately as soon as I got here, visited campus. It was legit a Mother's Day of 2019. I was up here visiting, and I committed right here on, on the spot with the coaches. So you know, it was a great it was a great feeling. The and plus, like you couldn't beat the campus, the sceneries, all that stuff. You got creeks flowing through the campus. You know, it just made it. It's just like it was a great vibe, honestly. And you know, I'm glad yeah. I made a made that decision. All right. Well, we'll have to you have to send me some pictures of the uh, of this <laughs> of this valley that you guys got going on there. Uh, yes, sir. Totally. Yeah. I um. Oh man, I have to pick up the name of it now. Maybe you know it, but I for I used to work for this company that was, and we went, we did a little trip in in North Carolina in the hill in the mountains, and uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So I kind of I kind I went to that area once, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, you probably went to. I can honestly say we we do have a big conference center. It's called Richcrest. Uh, that is like a lot of people come out here. A bunch of church camps come up here, uh-huh. and they hold a bunch of meetings and stuff like that. So the, uh, we have like recruits and all stuff that that are big in the the church or the church group. Uh, and they have like youth camps up here. They come up here. They spend like a week or two up here. So like, in the summer, yeah. So that's probably that's probably the area talking you're talking about. If not, I might not know North Carolina. Uh, could have exactly been. Could have been. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about lacrosse goalies, not about the geography of the United <laughs> States. Uh, when you think about, you know, switching gears, mental game, mental game. We talked, we hit on it a little bit, right? Um, yes, you know, when you think about the mental game, what lessons come to mind? Or, or I maybe said another way, you know, when you're coaching youth goalies or, or mm-hmm. you know, go- goalies at Montreat, what do you talk about when it comes to being mentally tough? Do your homework, man. Know who you're playing against. Know the – know not every game, not everything is going to be perfect for you. Just you go ahead and have that mindset. You're not going to do everything, the, you know, 100, uh, the perfect way. But you can – there's always something you can improve on. You know, when you're watching film, notice that, hey, I can take it – you know, when you're talking to the defenders, hey, you can take a better angle to the ball here. Backside can be pinching in. Uh, you know, the top side can be coming down as well, creasing your RB, hedging out, so to speak. So you create more of a you no, know, a cluster there in the middle, so you can't get really a shot off. And then it's also where, hey, uh, you know, I can increase my angle or turn my hips, get repositioned with the ball as a goalie to where I'm in the best position possible. You know, where I'm taking up you know 50 of the goal. You know, decreasing his angle of a shot, especially on lower angle shots, especially when you're running down the running down the alley, uh, and getting a time room shot shots, so to speak. It's just like knowing the little things of how the offense is run and the, and then also how you can change your defense during that. Yep. Preparation helps quite a bit, you know, and, and then, and then that gives you, you know, when you do go through a, when you do go through a slump or you're kind of down, uh, you know, you dump all your energy into that. And I think, I think it helps get you out of that, uh, you know, helps get you out of that. I think a lot of overcoming, uh, I think a lot of mental toughness is just be remaining positive and remaining focused during those down times. Oh, oh, yes, sir, definitely. My biggest thing was communication. I would lose my voice after every game, mm. um, so I would be talking constantly to my depots and make sure they knew everything. You know, if their if their attackmen was c- coming in backs out on, they weren't catching it just in time. I'll be seeing that right away as I'll be looking at the sh- uh, the shooter, and then immediately as soon as it passes, I'll be telling, "Hey, come back just a little." You know, it's backing off just like little things like that is kind of what separated me towards uh, towards my senior year of college 
And then now I'm in a coaching role now, so I get to get to see the entire view of it, not just as a player. Yeah. Love it, man. Um, how, you know, it, when you coach goalies, is, is there anything different that you, that you kind of do coming from your, how you trained? I mean, like training of yourself and like, you know, working out yeah. and seeing the shots is exactly what you do as, as a coach or, or is there, uh, is there not, some differences there? Uh, not necessarily. I don't really teeter their stances, so to speak. I kind of let them, if, if this is working for them, they're yeah. making the saves, there's no need to change it. Right. Um, so I, I'll, then what I do now, I'll just help you develop it more that way, you know, focusing on your steps more, hand-eye coordination, uh, you know, the correct steps, the ball, free positioning, all, all the little things that you know, all goalies do on a daily basis uh, to, to help better themselves. It's just that the one thing I'm not taking away is your stance because you feel comfortable with it. You know, if it makes you feel more powerful, do it that way. Yeah. And then if, it's, then if they come with the question, hey, it's not working for me, that's when we can sit down and talk about the different stances that you can kind of try out on travel and trial and error, so to speak. And then we can I go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I don't change around goalie stances. I do, I do recommend that they try different things. And I do say that, you know, it might feel uncomfortable, but just go with it for like, you know, a week of practices um, and try it out. And if it doesn't work, then great. You know, you switch back, but if it does work, then guess what? You just got a new weapon in your arsenal. <laughs> Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Love it. Um, so what would you, you know, talking about getting out of a slump, what would you say to a goalie that uh, is in a slump? Hey, you know, you know, I wasn't the best at the slumps because, uh, you know, uh, I, I was my own biggest critic because I knew what I was doing wrong immediately after the shot happened and all that. And then I would see it on film and I would kind of just beat myself up. Is a you know, every single every single person is their own biggest critic. You know, it's just like being a quarterback in football. You know, when they have to eat, you know, they make the wrong reads. If they're a pick, they, they know what they're doing wrong. It's the exact same way of being a goalie. You're misjudging the step or, you know, you're not moving just quick enough. And it's just like, you know, it's just getting back, getting right back out there immediately uh, and just work, work on the little things, whether it's handball or, the, you know, stepping agility drills or actually seeing uh, live shots again. Yeah. Love all of that. I love all of that. What about, um, you know, goalies who want to be more a leader uh, of their team? What, you know, if they join a new team or they're, you know, say they're, you know, 13 year old now, like they're playing with, they're playing with 15 year olds. Um, how do you recommend goalies uh, be the leader of not only the defense, but uh, of the entire team? That is when you can, you know, especially being a younger goalie, if you're playing up, that's when you can bring in your own mental edge to the game, whether, you know, whether it's reading defenses or knowing the correct lineups and all that stuff, or whether it's just, all right, you know, your energy on the field, making the saves, creating the fast the fast outlet out, you know, pushing the tempo, all that stuff kind of leads to, you know, the, you know, the guys being more comfortable around you and then th th they get their – you know, the feeling of, you know, you're not going to let them down. You know, they got your back, you got yours, all that. So, you know, they're ready. Uh, they're ready to go to battle for you. And as long as you, you know, you do their uh, – everyone's going to mess up uh, at some point in their lives be, being, a, being a goalie or especially being a younger goalie. It's just that how you handle that situation that comes afterward is kind of what uh, separates you at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that, um, you know – 
when you're when you're just joining the new team, it's like you don't really have much clout. And so you can't pretend like you do and start, you know, yep. bossing people around and and doing this and that. But what you can do, right, is is be that second coach out there. Um, and I think sure. that, you know, regardless of age, if you if you know your stuff, right? And and that comes from studying, that comes from listening to coaches. I mean, I remember when I played, I, I started out as a midi, so I knew how to, I knew how to play defense, but um, right. Like one of the things I would do as a goalie is, is give people tips on, on defense and and here's what I'm seeing. And so I think, I think that goes a long way uh, to building up your leadership. And then when you do get that clout, right, then that becomes the opportunity to, um, you know, hold someone to their word or, or to call someone out who's not giving their full effort or, you know, all, all these things that, that require clout. Oh, yes, sir. It totally does. So, all right, Blake. Well, this has been tons of fun, my man. Um, Montreat, you guys just started up fall ball. Yeah, yes, sir. We did our first week. Our first day of practice was this past Tuesday. Uh, and then, you know, yesterday we had the first day of max outs, uh, for weightlifting. And then we also had practice last night. Today's their off day, but it's also the team, uh, the teams go through ice, ice baths on Thursdays and they're, recovery and all that since I was a I was an exercise science major I kind of lead that category I run their weights and also make sure they're getting the right treatment on their bodies because I know the wear and tear of the season is eventually especially in fall ball when you're just beating each other up you know day in and day out you know it's going to come up come out and haunt you and that's when we get those days break especially luckily for us the way we do our fall ball schedule is that on Mondays and Thursdays we don't practice on one of those days is just study hall and then one of those days is just you know you, you taking taking time out of your day to go get treatment, ice baths, wherever you need um, to, to help recover your body. Yeah. Amazing. What a max out. So just, you just try and do the max you can every, every lift. Uh, uh, so what we do, so there are three main power lifts. I love doing is uh, bench squat and power clean. And from mm-hmm. like my internships and learning over the years uh, in my classes and especially talking with uh, one of the coaches that was a strength coach over at Queens University of Charlotte, and now he's the assistant strength coach at uh, the Naval Academy. Was that the main thing that they did was bench squat, power clean, deadlifts? Everyone was hurting their backs, so he took yeah. he took everything out. So he just you know as long as you're doing some type of uh, bench, whether it's incline, dumbbell, or barbell, and then squats, whether in the front or um, front or back, and then hang you can do a version of power clean and hang cleans, and just you know just break it up so to speak. And, uh, and then, so what they have to do is do the highest weight possible on each, each rep of those. And that is their, uh, max out. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that about deadlifts because I, I, I've been lifting weights since I started in high school, right? I'm now I'm 42. So it's been, and the only, I've had two gym injuries and both of the times it was deadlift and I, I screwed up my lower back. And so I don't do that anymore. Uh, yes, sir. Like, yeah, it, it's just it, it's the main thing is just form on deadlift. If you're not going to be a pro deadlifter or anything like that, uh, there's no, really no sense of doing it because you're just going to mess up your back. Unless you yeah. have great form, I feel um, like I had great form, but even still, even still, yeah, I would say, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would say some people they feel like they're ha- they have great form and then they hurt their back and then they'd be like, hey, uh, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore because I, I hurt my back the last time. And when you talk to like strength coaches now. They don't even have deadlifts in their programs, really. Unless yeah. you're, uh, you know, unless it's like a weightlifting or a bodybuilding uh, circuit that they're doing or something like that. Yeah, um, I feel like when I went to college, it was before 
um, I never took ice baths. So it was before kind <laughs> of uh, that technology came out or at least that research, but, but they're tremendously great for your muscles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Uh, you know, luckily for us, the Creek that we have that goes behind our gym is straight mountain water. So it's just cold. always, always cold. Uh, don't matter. It could be August and it could be 95 degrees. So that water's at least below 60 when you get, when you get, when you get into this, you know, the guys go yeah. in there, you know, they stand 20, 20, 25 minutes to get, they get recovery on their legs and their bodies. They come back out uh, and then they're ready to go. Yeah. And I see, we had the Pacific ocean in San, San, San Francisco, <laughs> which like stings. It's so cold <laughs> uh, yes, sir. right there. Um, and what does that do? You know, science wise, it just circulates, gets the blood flow going. Yeah. It's, it's just that the ice compression and not like, the cold compression that you're feel. It's just, like it's just compressing everything in your legs. Like, you're going, you're going to feel tightness when you come out because you're cold, you're numb and all that stuff, but it, it loosens up and breaks everything, everything out like lactic acid or just like the stiffness and soreness that you feel in your hamstrings just from you know, working out. So you just like, you take that, the ice compression and, you know, you go in there, whether, you know, whether it's an ice bath or whether it's, there's a thing called game ready. And it's an actual, a, a compression sleeve that you can put over your leg. Um, and the water in there, it, it circulates and it presses down on every, every couple minutes or so and it, it retracts um, and it's just great compression for your legs and you feel like a hundred percent coming out of it. Oh, I'll check that out. Game, game ready. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen these. Um, it's kind of like, um, someone turned me on, I haven't used them, but the, the Norma tech boots like those, yeah. it's kind of the same idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, a couple more questions for you, Blake. Um, you know, if somebody wants to play at Montreat, how do you recommend that they, wh what do you recommend? So the first thing is being a great, uh, being a great student. That is your first thing college coaches looking at is your grades. Uh, you know, we always make sure, Hey, this guy is not going to be a problem in the classroom, so to speak. You know, uh, we always have a general rule for the, with the guys and, you know, our college has a set, standard they don't as an incoming freshman coming straight from high school your gpa has to be over a 2.5 to get in um so you know that's one that it kind of limits out the guys that are i uh, you know that are quote-unquote problems in the classroom where they're just not as good and they have to go to either a community college to get the grades up um so you know as long as their gpa is over that 2.5 and then it comes down to their playing ability and a lot of these guys that uh that come and play for us we actually so on some sort of level, our coach, our, our head coach kind of knows just about everyone because he played uh, Division One ball at West Point. And then he also he's been coaching uh, recently at Queens University of Charlotte. And he was helping the travel and youth groups in that in, in that area. And a lot of these guys, since we're going to stay in North Carolina, they love they know who he is. And it's not too, too far of a drive from Charlotte. You know who Coach Lowe is. And, you know, they come and they want to play for him just because his uh, you know, his ability as a coach. Yeah. All right. So grades got to be good. And then you guys actually do a lot of, uh, I don't know, outbound recruiting uh, or, or, I mean, you're kind of looking for people and kind of word of mouth style. Oh, oh yes, sir. We definitely, yeah. you know, uh, we definitely take the word in the mouth, but it's also seeing them play live and, you know, lucky for us, Coach Lowe uh, already knows most of these guys already from seeing them play growing up uh, and, mm. you know, being in high school already. So he knows what they're doing already. Yeah. Love it, Blake. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to chat lacrosse goalie with you. And um, if you had to leave the goalies out there with uh, with one final piece of advice, what would that be? 
hey, just hey, stick to it, man. You know, you're going to go through the trials and trumps as a goalie. You know, you're going you're gonna to have the great wins, and, and then you're also going to have the heartbreaking losses. It's just that, you know, at the end of the day, it may, and you, you have fun doing it. Uh, that is the biggest thing, you know. Uh, you know, we if you're losing that feeling, you know, try to find different ways that you can uh, incorporate the entire world aspect. Where you know, hang out with your friends or family. That was a big thing that I did when I was going through that tough time at Emmanuel. Was leading all my friends and family. They pushed me through it. And then once I made that decision to transfer and all that, you know, so you know, just stick to it. I uh, keep grinding it out, and you know, just uh, lead on your friends, friends and family. You know, they'll. Help, help you along the way. That, that's what they're there for. Well said. Blake, thank you so much. Uh, yes, sir. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that episode. That was Coach Blake Lattimore, coach at Montreat College out of the NAIA. Awesome stuff about getting good at inside saves, improving your footwork, overcoming adversity. A lot of great topics in that episode and I hope you learned a thing or two that you can incorporate into your own lacrosse goalie game. That is the goal with all of these episodes, really. If you made it this far, I want to say thank you so much for listening. We've got the college goalie training packs going on right now. I'm so excited for this project. I sponsored 17 college goalies, 17 goalies, nine on the women's side, eight on the men's side. And each of the goalies put together a college goalie training pack, which comes with five different things, all meant to level up your youth goalies game. So we've got a virtual coaching session, sort of a webinar that you might have seen me do in the past, but each goalie's picking a specific topic and going deep on that. They've then got their instructional video series, which I edited just amazing content, amazing drills and techniques, and them right in front of the goal with their cell phones. Uh, teaching you and coaching you. So just awesome stuff in that. Then we're going to do a live Q&A. So show up as a youth goalie, talk to these college goalies, ask them anything. Recruiting, stick stringing, uh, pregame rituals, et cetera, drills, et cetera, et cetera. You can ask them anything. Then we do the save breakdowns where I review tape with these college goalies and we talk through different plays. That's the fourth thing in there. That's an incredible learning tool. And finally, the fifth thing, you just get access to DM them, email them, any question, any time. Now, these are busy college athletes. They might not get back to you right away, but they definitely will get back to you if you get the pack. Each pack's only 59 bucks. Incredible, incredible deal for amazing lacrosse goalie training. Check that out at laxgoldyrat.com slash college. laxgoldyrat.com slash college. It is October. Fall ball's well underway. It's going to be lacrosse season soon. So as you know, the, you know the drill. Get out there. Get some work in. Do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 